millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to episode number 44 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and on a weekly basis I get asked quite a few questions and a lot of them tend to be fairly frequently asked. So, why not do a frequently asked questions episode? So hopefully this will give you a little insight into how things work in the podcast and stuff like that. So here we go with some frequently asked questions. So folks, I've been meaning to do this kind of podcast for a little while, especially now after over a year of producing these podcasts and basically I've just decided to choose about 10 uh, frequently asked questions that I get asked on a very regular basis just to give you a little insight onto, perhaps even into myself and uh, and a little bit about how the podcast goes. So I've just kind of taken 10 of the most frequently asked questions and uh, hopefully that will answer some of them for you. So why don't we get started? And starting with starting, one of the main questions I usually get asked is, why did I start doing a podcast? Well, my background was is that I was working as a tour guide for an Edinburgh-based tour company called Highland Experience Tours. Now that the world is now starting to slowly come out of lockdown, I'm really hoping that the Highland Experience Tours can reopen again and tours around Scotland can happen. I highly doubt, though, uh, that that will happen fully this year. Um, So if you are planning on coming to Scotland, I do recommend that you're probably still looking, even now, at 2022, so at least a year from now, unfortunately. Uh, But why I started the podcast was, is I was working as a tour guide and I left that profession to go work somewhere else. Uh, Upon starting working there, uh, I started to really miss the tour guiding aspect of things. And as some of you know, I produce a little bit of music. Um, I don't produce it as such, but I I write music and I record, uh, you know, home recording and things like that. So I had everything that I needed to start my own podcast lying around the house. So I just thought, why don't I give it a go? And then that's when the first uh, episodes about the Scottish Wars of Independence came around. 
since then I've upgraded um, quite a number of times, uh, upgraded my recording setup, um, so you know if you want to know a little bit about my setup, I now, I now actually I have a second hand uh, gaming PC that I use for uh, recording the podcast and for recording the voice uh, I use something called a Line 6X3 Pro. Uh, which also does me for guitar and bass and uh, and obviously vocals as well, uh, which is a, a very good sort of rack-based um, multi-effects processor kind of thing. Uh, throughout the time, though, I've used many, many different uh, things, such as uh, I also have an old Line 6 KB37, which I used to use as well. I still use it from time to time, but again, that's mainly just for music. And uh, I also have a Zoom H4n handy recorder as well, which I bought for uh, specifically for uh, field recording. So hopefully going out and doing interviews with people and things like that out in the field. The problem with that, though, was that lockdown happened and uh, I've not been able to meet up with anybody in person. Uh, However, of course, I did have my kind of uh, live conversation uh, with Fiona Watson, uh, Dr. Fiona Watson, which was absolutely fantastic to do, although we just did that across Zoom. Um, I still think it worked out pretty well, and I'm getting to know other um, places such as Discord and things like that. Um, I think I have actually started a Discord server, if you're not sure what Discord is. It's kind of like a place you can just register. It's completely free. You can just kind of register on the server and uh, whenever someone's online, you can go on and talk to them. It's, it's it's very good, and you can record the conversations and stuff, which is really cool. So, um, so yeah, um, I've started using that. But yeah, I've, as I say, I've used many different things. I, I had a Tascam um, X16, I think it was, uh, for a little while that I was using, uh, and that that worked out perfectly fine. So. But yeah, I think my, my setup is uh, fairly good just now. And if anyone else uh, wants to know any more technological stuff, uh, the microphone that I use is a, a Rode NT1, um, which uh, everything which I use is secondhand, uh, which is great. It uh, keeps, the, keeps the costs down and things like that. So if you yourself are starting your own podcast, um, obviously you don't need to buy everything that I've just mentioned. Basically, all you need is a laptop uh, or a computer, something with quite a lot of RAM. Uh, and uh, and a DAW, a digital audio workstation, uh, and I use one called Reaper. Uh, Reaper, you can use um, the evaluation version for, I think it's up to 60 days for free, but then if you're going to use it uh, for any more length of time after that, then you do need to buy a license for it. Uh, so I, I now have a, a licensed version uh, of Reaper, and it's awesome. Uh, it's very, very easy to use, very easy for... Um, doing everything that you need to do for a podcast. So yeah, very, very handy. So basically, to to fully answer the question, why did I start the podcast? I had the stuff lying around. I had the knowledge floating around in my head. I had the idea floating around my head for a long, long time. I started listening to a lot more podcasts, and then that inspired me to do it myself. Um, And uh, as I say, there's plenty of options out there if you want to um, start your own podcast. Anchor is very, very good as well. Uh, however, I host my podcast using Acast, as I'm sure most of you will know now. So the second question is, was I taught Scottish history in school or was I self-taught? Uh, so we'll answer kind of the first part of that, was I taught in school? Yes and no. Um, a lot of the subjects which I talk about, the answer to that question is no. 
uh, the things that we learned in school were more likely, um, if I remember correctly, we did a little bit about the Jacobites, which I don't even really remember. I just remember vividly this in, this drawn image of a, a Highland soldier in, in a kilt. That's all I really remember from from that part of the schooling. Uh, but we also did Mary Queen of Scots. Um, the rest of our history that's taught here, in, certainly here in, in Scotland or in the UK, uh, tends to be more world history. So we spend a lot of time talking about World War One and World War Two, which doesn't bother me in any way because I'm also incredibly fascinated by that particular um, period of, of world history as well. You know, I'm not just interested in Scottish history, also interested in sort of more modern history as well. So all the stuff that which I was self-taught, a lot of the episodes I, um, yeah, yeah, are self-taught. Uh, I read quite a lot of books. I have a lot of reference books handy, of course, uh, being on a computer as well. I have the internet uh, handy as well uh, to help me out with anything that I don't quite understand. I will always pull certain things together. So, for example, when you're talking about someone like William Wallace, um, of which there's not a huge amount of actual accurate historical information. I tend to go to a number of sources and kind of collate those sources together and kind of come up with a hypothesis really from there. Uh, that's that's how I work um, personally because, you know, I'm not a trained historian. I, you know, I, I studied history in school, but I, uh, you know, again, I, I didn't go to university or anything like that to study history, so... Um, everything which I tell you over the course of the entire podcast, basically from now on, um, and a lot of the subjects beforehand, uh, yeah, all self-taught. So um, it's amazing what you can do with the tools in which are available. Books are fantastic, and of course the internet, although being uh, not exactly the greatest uh, source of information at times, it is a very, very helpful tool. Um, so yeah, I use the internet and uh, books quite an awful lot. Uh, for question number three, where in Scotland am I from? Uh, a lot of people seem to think that I'm not actually Scottish, which is uh, crazy. Uh, because I, I think I this is my telephone voice. This is not the voice which I would be speaking to you down at the pub with. But uh, uh, So where in Scotland am I from? I was born in a place called Bangour Village Hospital. Uh, or Sorry, Bangour General Hospital. Uh, not the village. The village was a mental institution, so I wasn't born there, thankfully. Um, there is uh, an episode which I am going to do in the future, which is going to be about the village hospital, the, the, the sort of the mental institution, because it is a very, very important part of history. Uh, and again, it affected world history, not just Scottish history. So look forward to that one. Uh, my good friend Alan over at uh, Your History, Our Story, is uh, he's already done a video on Bangor Village Hospital, so I highly recommend that you go and watch his. Um, however, I'll be diving in maybe just a little bit deeper into uh, certain things there. But yeah, absolutely fantastic place. And uh, yeah, so uh, so that's where I was born. I then lived in Livingston, uh, the new town of Livingston. I'll uh, explain in a, again, future episode about new towns. Um, which was a kind of 1950s initiative in Scotland uh, to kind of move people away from the major cities, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Stirling and Perth, for example, and move them into new towns um, that are sort of just highly overdeveloped towns with all of the amenities in which you need. So, so yeah, I grew up in, in Livingston, great, um, great childhood, 
and uh, and now I lived on the outskirts of Edinburgh in a village called, or a, sorry, a town called Bonnie Rig. Uh, so that's where in Scotland I am from. So question number four, probably one of the harder ones uh, to answer. What are my favourite places in Scotland to visit and which ones would I recommend? As I'm sure most of you are aware, if you are listening to this uh, as in, in conjunction with the rest of the episodes, my favourite place in Scotland, without a shadow of a doubt, is Orkney. Um, if you have the chance to go to Orkney, you should never pass it up. Even if it is the only place that you have time to visit in Scotland, I would choose that every day over places like Edinburgh and Stirling, etc. That's not to say that Edinburgh and Stirling are bad places. That is not what I'm saying whatsoever. Edinburgh and Stirling are must-visits as well. However, if you get that opportunity, never, ever turn it down to go to Orkney. You have everything from... Uh, as I mentioned in previous episodes, history from over 5,000 years ago to history as recent as World War II. Um, you know, with the pillboxes and uh, ships and things like that, and uh, sink ships, uh, sorry, block ships um, that are still in Scara, uh, sorry, not Scarabray, um, Scapa Flow at this moment in time. Uh, you can still see all of that history all around you. It is absolutely fantastic place to visit. Um, other places that I do recommend are, of course, Inverness, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. It's a great, great city just outside of Inverness. You've got, of course, Loch Ness. And then, you know, basically the route to the Isles, uh, the Western Isles from there, of course, the Isle of Skye. Everybody always wants to visit the Isle of Skye. I do love the Isle of Skye. However, there's a good time and a bad time to visit the Isle of Skye. The bad time is during the summer when everyone else visits there. You want to try and go there when it's nice and quiet because it's a very peaceful and tranquil place when it is really quiet and you can get to places that you want to get to for example everybody knows of course uh, through social media of the places such as the fairy glen the fairy pools etc during the summer you cannot get anywhere near these places Uh, people don't understand that there's no major highways to get to these places it's single track road one car at a time to get down to these places and uh, when you know 300 400 people are all trying to flock to the same place at the same time that causes traffic jams and things like that they are just you know the, the, the island's just not capable of keeping up with these things uh, there is now parking uh, a lot more parking and perhaps even toilet facilities available at these places finding bathrooms uh, specifically on the Isle of Skye is very very difficult as well but uh, again these places are well worth going to I personally recommend um, that if you want to get more of a flavour about uh, the Isle of Skye either visit during the winter uh, so sort of in not round about Christmas time but you know January February uh, even into March for example and then the sort of period between Easter Easter weekend is the busiest tourist weekend in Scotland in general. Um, so if you avoid the Easter weekend and go any time between Easter and the summer uh, to the Isle of Skye, for example, then it'll be a lot quieter and you'll be able to get around the place. Um, I either recommend getting a tour, so an organised tour. Yeah, the unfortunate thing with organised tours is you maybe don't get to spend the amount of time that you want to spend there. But you'll always, you know, you'll always have a place to stay. You'll always be able to find your way home. You'll always be on time for things for eating and stuff like that. So 
those things are great and a lot of these places they do packages for accommodation and things like that as well uh, there's about four hotels on the Isle of Skye, so don't expect a, a big grand hotel. They're all about two or three stars maximum. You're talking a bed and breakfast, and that is the best way to experience the Isle of Skye. Uh, so not even just talking about the Isle of Skye, of course, the major cities, uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh, although only 50 miles apart, they are completely, in my opinion, culturally different. You see different things, and architecturally as well, different. Edinburgh's an old, old city. Glasgow is a fairly new city in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Glasgow was kind of built up around the shipbuilding industry. Um, you know, so that's kind of from the sort of 19th century onwards. Whereas Edinburgh is a historical city, as I've uh, already mentioned in the episode about Edinburgh Castle. Uh, you know, you're talking... You know, again, three and a half, four thousand years ago, the kind of first dwellings were set up, and maybe even a lot longer than that as well. So, Edinburgh's a more historical city. It's built on a volcano, essentially. Whereas Glasgow, it feels like it's built on a volcano because it's kind of built on a massive hill. Um, But Glasgow is so much different. Uh, There is a massive difference as well between Edinburgh and Glasgow, even just with a 50 mile difference between the two. So, uh, but once again, uh, even Stirling is beautiful. Stirling, basically just think of Stirling as Edinburgh's little brother uh, or little sibling. Um, again, the castle's built on top of a volcanic outcrop. And uh, there, of course, you've got the Wallace Monument, Bannockburn, etc. So um, I would say if I was going to visit either Edinburgh Castle or Stirling Castle, I always would prefer Stirling. But that's just a personal opinion. Everyone's opinion is different. You can't make up that opinion until you've seen them both. So I think, uh, yeah, that's that kind of sums up. That there's loads of places to visit in Scotland. Um, you know, by all means, just send me an email, ask me, or uh, send me a, some kind of itinerary, and I'll be able to tell you. Um, I've not ventured much to the northeast, so that's sort of like the Aberdeen area. Um, I've been to Peterhead a couple of times. Uh, there's a great prison museum in in, uh, in Peterhead, uh, which again is just I, I, I quite like that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, um, Aberdeen, etc. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty to do. Absolutely plenty to do. So um, nowhere in Scotland is a bad place. So number five uh, on the list is what whiskey should I try if you're trying whiskey for the first time? Now, everybody likes something different when it comes to uh, Scottish whiskey or Scotch whiskey. Uh, my personal favourites are, well, the first whiskey that I ever fell in love with was Tomatin. Uh, the Tomatin 12-year-old single malt is an absolute delight. Um, there will be some news about that coming up fairly, fairly soon. Uh, but yes, the Tomatin 12-year-old single malt whiskey is uh, was my absolute favourite and and it still holds a very special place in my heart as the first whiskey that I ever fell in love with. So if you can get your hands on some Tomatin 12-year-old, that is always a good shout. Uh, Glen Goyne 12-year-old is also absolutely fantastic as well as the Balvini 12-year-old. Uh, if you can get your hands on the 14 Caribbean rum cask, once again, I highly, highly recommend that. Um, but there is no such thing as a bad whiskey uh, unless it says Bells or Famous Grouse on the bottle. Um, there's quite a few other ones, actually. Grant's, maybe. I'm uh, not a big fan of that. But again, 
like I was saying with between Edinburgh and Sterling, etc., it's all just opinion. So my opinion would be try something like the Tomatin 12, the Balvini 12, Old Pulteney. Try something that's got Highland in the name as well, because Highland tends to be quite sweet uh, rather than uh, peaty. If you want to go peaty, um, go start off with the Oban 14. There's a little element of uh, kind of smoky peatiness in the Oban 14. Absolutely delicious anyway, but yeah. So whiskey is all subjective. Just try them all uh, is probably the best uh, the best thing to say. So number six on the list is what is the theme song called? Now technically I've actually used two different theme songs uh, for this podcast. The first few episodes had a song called Sound of the Patriots by uh, Trabant33. Uh, that turned out to be copyright protected and therefore I wasn't going to be able to in any way make any money from the podcast. Now, I'm not doing the podcast to make money, but just in case the, you know, if the opportunity ever was to arise, then I didn't want to fall foul of any copyright uh, issues. Uh, so that's why uh, the some of the episodes after that then just stopped having music completely and then my very very good friend and bandmate uh, Graham Watt he came up with the current theme um we've never actually come up with a name or a title for the song we've literally just called it the theme um I think it's absolutely cracking though much better than uh, personally much better than the one that I had before so uh, so yeah so it was Trabant 33 Sound of the Patriots was the original theme song but now we use uh, the as-yet-untitled um, theme song, which was uh, is bespoke and was written specifically for the podcast. So, continuing to talk about music, uh, who are my favourite Scottish bands um, or artists? Um, I have quite a number of them, um, so excuse me if I do forget some of them. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, one of my absolute favourite bands is uh, actually number one in the UK music album chart at this moment in time, and that's Mogwai. Mogwai are absolutely fantastic. 25 years that they've been going, and every album is better than the last. Their most recent album is called uh, As The Love Continues, and it's just it's it's just so good. Um, they've written uh, music for films, etc. Uh, quite a lot of independent films as well. They wrote. Uh, there's a soundtrack album called Zidane. They did uh, the music for a program called Le Revenant, which was a uh, French um, TV series, uh, which essentially means the returned. Um, America tried to make a reshot for. Sh- it was it was shot for shot exactly the same copy. Uh, called The Returned, um, and it was truly awful. Um, so if you can watch the French version, especially with the fact that Mogwai's music's on it. Uh, they also did music for, I believe, a, f- a film called The Fountain, which was the same guy that did Requiem for a Dream and stuff like that. They've worked with, oh, just absolutely hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of different artists and, and filmmakers, etc., um, so yeah, go and give Mogwai a spin if I was to recommend anything. Well, recommend their more latest album, of course, uh, as the love continues, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, aside from that, uh, I would always just start at the beginning, start with Mogwai Young team, and then move on to Come On Die Young, etc. Uh, on from there. Um, Arab Strap are another particular favorite of mine. They've got a new album coming out soon, which I cannot wait for. 
but yeah, Arab Strap, very, very good. Um, Frightened Rabbit as well. Uh, they were absolutely excellent. Unfortunately, uh, Scott, the, the lead singer, is no longer with us, but uh, what an absolutely fantastic uh, band and songwriter in specific Scott was. Um, he also had another group called Master System, which was kind of a mixture of, of two Scottish groups, uh, so give them a check out. Uh, the Twilight Sad, uh, they are excellent, absolutely excellent as well. Um, yeah, the Proclaimers were as well one of my absolute favourite bands growing up, probably one uh, the, the main band that kind of got me into making my own music. So if I was to recommend an album uh, of theirs to you, the first three albums are absolutely phenomenal. Um, that would be This Is The Story, Sunshine On Leith, and then uh, Hit The Highway. Um, if I was to choose any one of those three, This Is The Story, which was their first album released the same year I was born, um, without a doubt, get that listened to. It is uh, fantastic as well. Um, there's, you know, many, many others, but uh, just off the top of my head, they're the ones that I listen to on a fairly, fairly frequent basis. So, yeah, go back and uh, give some of them a little spin. So number eight is a question which I did actually answer on the episode about clans. So, And the question is, why don't I do specific episodes on specific clans? And the reason is, is mainly so that people don't feel left out. If I was to do an episode, for example, on the clan Mackenzie, I would then have people from the clan MacLeod asking, when is the episode on clan MacLeod coming out? Added to the fact that I have no personal connection to these clans that, again, that's a lot of research which is going to have to go in. And then it's just, then I'm going to end up having to do an episode on every single clan in Scotland that was ever here in Scotland. And as you can imagine, that's going to be tedious for people who have no interest in those specific clans. Um, if you want me to do some research on a specific clan just for you, you can ask and if I have or sorry or even when I have the time, um, which of which I don't have an awful lot of because I now produce two podcasts. Um, so you can always give me a, a message and I'll see what I can do for you. However, all of the information which I'll be getting is all of the information which you can find online. Okay, so that's the other reason why I don't cover specific clans as well is it's just, again, just there. I don't have the time to research clans. I could, you could be there for months um, trying to fit um, an episode, you know, a, a, one clan into an episode that's only 20 minutes long because I try and keep the episodes to a kind of uniform 20 odd minutes um, just for to make it easier for the listeners, you know, so. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of the main reason why I don't cover specific clans. So question nine then is, what is my process for selecting subjects? Um, sometimes an idea just comes to me. Um, I have some of them that are written down uh, that I'm ready to to sort of go to. I look through the list and then I choose the one that I feel most kind of passionate about at that specific time. Of course, I also have uh, many suggestions and recommendations from many of the listeners before um sometimes i may or may not i'm not going to uh, say that i do but uh, i may or may not pick up my ideas from other podcasts for example the uh, thistle do nicely pod 
Um, sometimes I kind of uh, steal some of their ideas as well. Um, it's a lot easier when there's only one of me um, and they're over the other side of the ocean so they can't really do anything about it. Uh, but yeah, so my, my process is basically I will sit down on a Saturday evening uh, into a Sunday morning as I work night shift, so I'm always uh, I'm always awake throughout the course of the night on uh, on a Saturday night. I choose a subject, I then research it, and hopefully have it recorded before the buses start in the morning, which is around about half past four or five o'clock in the morning, so that I don't have to keep stopping and starting the, the recording again and again and again because of the bus noise going on in the background. Um, but yeah, uh, that's basically my kind of process uh, of selection. That's why nothing is in order. Uh, I started going in order, but I've lost the book of which uh, was helping me with the order. I need to find that in order to carry on. Um, so yeah. And uh, lastly, question number 10 is, can I make a suggestion uh, or a recommendation? Of course you can. That is the main point of this podcast. You are the guys that keep me doing this every single week. Um, if it wasn't for you listening, I wouldn't still be here talking, um, you know, because uh, it's great. The, the response to this podcast has well exceeded my expectations. Uh, for the last uh, episode uh, back there last Sunday, um, I had over 1,300 listeners in the first day of the, of the release of that um, Dune Castle episode. The following day, it still remained over one thousand listeners. So that was that was you know twenty three hundred listeners over the space of two days. To me, that's utterly, utterly incredible, and it's it, I'm so humbled by it. And all of the messages and the great reviews which you guys give me is 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 what spurs me on to do it every single week. Um, the chances are I probably still would be doing this every week because my head is so full of mints to talk, um, and I just in general love doing this and uh, it makes it all the worthwhile when i have you guys listening in so if you want to make a suggestion you can do it through the various means so we'll go through that the main mean is of course to send me an email the email address is scotthistorypod at gmail.com because i'm not famous enough or fabulous enough to have a my own email address on the uh, on the website <laughs> email, uh, but yeah, scotthistorypod at gmail dot com. Send me an email through that. I will always respond. If you have sent me an email or a message and I haven't responded, send me another one to give me a kick up the arse, and I will respond. I promise. The other way to contact me is through the website. So the website is www.scotthistorypod dot com there is a email uh, form thing that you can fill in you just fill that in and i should be able to respond from there quite a few people have done that i may have received a few emails before which i missed on that because i didn't realize they were coming through as emails i just have it come it doesn't come up as an email directly it comes up through the host of the website so I may have deleted a couple of emails I'm sorry if I have deleted them and you feel like I'm ignoring you send me another one and I promise I will respond uh, the other ways to contact me are of course through facebook facebook.com forward slash scott history pod through twitter at scott history pod and on instagram at in scott history pod 
all very very easy send me a message just even just it doesn't matter i like hearing from you regardless of what it is i absolutely love hearing from you so yeah those are the various different ways which you can make a suggestion to the podcast so so yeah folks i hope that you have enjoyed this episode uh, again just sort of answering some questions and giving you a little bit of an insight onto how the podcast works i maybe started it off a little bit boringly but uh, fingers crossed that uh, that you've st- stuck with me to the end um tomorrow as well or well technically it's today because it is now after midnight here the 28th of february 2021 is a very very important day for my local football team and local to where i was born not to where i live now uh, livingston football club tomorrow are in their second ever uh, league cup final uh, of uh, scottish football um that's the first one uh, since 2004 um as uh, some of you will know if you know anything about scottish football culture the, the these competitions usually are either won by Glasgow Rangers or Glasgow Celtic or even uh, Heart of Midlothian from Edinburgh or Hibernian from, uh, well, maybe not quite so much Hibernian uh, because they were always unlucky in the Cups. But yeah, so my local team, and and it is the team that I support, is in a cup final tomorrow, and I'm uh, and I'm, I'm I'm a little bit nervous for it. So, um, so yeah, I'll be uh, watching from there. So, uh, if for any reason any of those players or or anything like that are listening to this, um, then uh, very very good luck for tomorrow. I highly doubt that they'll be listening to this certainly before the final. So, um, I have a strange feeling that if we win next week i'll be talking to you all about the history of livingston football club um because that is uh, that is history worthy as as far as i'm concerned so yeah um also if, if you do like football or want to learn a little bit more about football the other podcast in which i feature on is called the almond view podcast a l m o n d v i e u almond view uh, and that's on spotify etc as well it's a good laugh if anything so anyway i'll just kind of quit while i'm ahead now uh, if you want to support the podcast you can do so via the patreon and uh, or through buymeacoffee.com that's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash scott history pod or buymeacoffee.com forward slash scott history pod and you can uh, donate to the podcast from there it's not necessary in any way but it is very very much appreciated and i always send you a little message to say thank you as well so i hope you've enjoyed this again folks and uh, just giving you a little insight on uh, on how i work and how the podcast goes uh, i've recorded this surprisingly all in one take for a change uh, so it's probably a bit rambly but anyway take care of yourselves folks and i'll speak to you again next week
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.